All right, let's continue on. Today, we are talking about one of the most exciting parts of this series, which is seeds. Okay, so if you haven't been here, you need to go back and listen to the rest of the teachings. Well, we started, it's been a few weeks, as a matter of fact, Ashley was here uh, and he talked about uh, breaking the power of mammon, you know, money. And, uh, and then after that, we had one more healing uh, part, and then we went into talking about financial prosperity. Using Really, this series is about what are you using your faith for. And we've said um, that if you are not using your faith for everything in life, then you're really not partnering with God and His power and His promises. You know, a lot of times we think like, okay, faith is, you know, for when I'm in trouble. Uh, faith is for when I'm sick. But the Bible actually says that the righteous live by faith. And we've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. So therefore, we should be living by faith, right? A friend of ours uh, said a few days ago, it's like, if, if your faith has no action, is it really living? And I was like thinking about that. That is such, such a good statement because we're called to live by faith, right? We're called to do all things through Christ who gives us strength. There's a promise for us for everything that we need in life. God wants to be everything that we need and more for us in life because he's called us to do life with him, not alone. He's not like, call me if you're in trouble. I know some dads are like that, but he's not like some dads. He's the best dad. He's like, what are we doing today? Right? And so many times we only use our faith for things that we need or, or we're an emergency for. And so we talked about faith for healing, and now we've been talking about faith for finances. If you're not believing uh, fin for financial promises and financial increase, you're in a way kind of just doing what you can on your own strength. As if you had to say, God, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it on my own until I need you. And God never called us to do that. He's like, hey, we have to disciple nations. There is a time appointed before Jesus comes back. So we need to do our best. It's not enough to just do what you can do. We need to do what we both can do, our natural and his super. And so that way we live on a natural, supernatural life every day, right? How'd you do that? How'd you grow so much? How'd you, you know, how were you able to accomplish those things and, and prosper so quickly? You know, it seems like some people are in the same place, stuck for years and years and years. And and then some just like receive Jesus and all of a sudden they're like on this skyrocket, you know, growing and growing and growing and conquering the world. And you're like over here watching like, well, God must like him better. Well, that's wrong. He doesn't. He likes him just as much as he likes you. He loves you just as he loves me. So then what's going on? You know, obviously at the Wealth Convergence, we're going to go into some deep stuff and, and belief systems that could be you know, sabotaging you. But today, you know, we're going to continue on this because we talked, we talked about the different, we're talking about the different ways of giving, right? Different types of giving. So first of all, we talked about um, tithe, right? Tithe is the first. And it's not just the first, but it's the best and the first, remember? And we talked about the first fruits and how we can give our first fruits, how our tithe we give out of obedience, but first fruits we give out of generosity, thankfulness, honoring God, right? But, and then we talk also about alms, and a lot of people said, I've never heard anybody talk about alms. And, and we looked in Leviticus how God set it up from the beginning that we would take care of the poor and the, uh, and the immigrants and the, and the widows and, and people. But it was never a system to bring him out of poverty. The alms system that God set up in the Bible, it was never meant to bring people out of poverty. 
which is why we have a big problem right now with a system that is giving alms to people too much that is so comfortable they don't want to go to work. Right? Because if, if I'm good, then why, you know? We're, so it's enabling people, right? So God's system never enabled people. But God also has a system, see? Because while the poor was gathering the leftovers, they saw the big harvest of the other ones. And they had vision, and they knew that that could be them too. That's why we don't give our first and our best to the poor. And you, and you might hear like, say like, oh, that sounds terrible, right? Hey, listen, we're feeding 77 families a week, right? 70 families a week. It's, it's, that food bank is growing crazy, right? That's our part. But it's not our main focus. It's not our most. It's not our best. Why? Because we, it, it's, it's showing the love of God enough for them to see, hey, I don't have to stay here my whole life. God has more for me. I can, I can, I can be the one feeding people, right? And so God is no respecter of persons, and he'll, he'll, his system will work for everyone, anyone who believes, right? He's a respecter of what? Faith. So he's moved by faith, not by need. Therefore, what we need to put our faith in is increase, right? And his promises for increase so that we could be a blessing to the nations. Are you with me? Okay, and so let's go to Mark chapter 4. And I have whew, a, lot, a lot of things, a lot of scripture we're going to read. So let's go Mark chapter 4. Thank you. And we're going to read this real quick. Um, I want to establish a couple things first. It says, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it, since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Isn't that awesome? Like, it's a very simple principle, right? Farmers know this. People know this. You, you, you plant, and, and then you have a harvest, right? It's a very simple principle. Now, if we go to verse, um, what is next? Let's go to verse 12, I believe. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no, sorry, verse 14. It says, the farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Let's keep going to verse 20. It says, The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things. And remember, Ashley talked about this when he was here. Those three things, right? And it says, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear, say with me, hear, and accept, okay, what God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Now, a lot of people say, well, this is not talking about money. This is talking about 
the Bible, the Word. And it's true. It's talking about the Word. It's talking about the Bible. However, the Bible, the Word of God, is full of promises for increase in financial prosperity. And also, what we're going to see in a few minutes is that the Bible translates the Bible. So God uses an example of seed to tell us this is how seeds work. This is how seeds work. In this case, it's referring to the Word of God. But if you look at the nature of God, everything that he does or everything that he, 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 he brings, he starts in a seed form. Right? You have a baby. starts in a seed form. don't have time to explain you the mechanics of that. But it starts as a seed and it grows to be a baby. Right? And it continues to grow. And then how, do, how, do you, how does grass grow? The same thing. You plant a seed and then it grows and then you have grass. Right? And how does every tree work? You know, you plant a seed and, and it works. And how does the word of God work? You plant a seed and if you receive it, you act on it, right? It's good soil. It'll produce change in your life. 36 and 100 full. Which is why some people never grow. Some only grow about 30, some 60. And some, you know, get saved today and tomorrow they're, you know, at a nuclear level of faith that you've never even seen. Why? Because it depends on the heart. The heart is the soil. Our heart determines so many things. So our heart will determine, you know, if, if we receive the word and how we receive the word and how much harvest comes out of that seed. You know that by coming here every Sunday, you're receiving a seed that you can nurture and grow and have a big harvest out of it. Or you can ignore, do nothing about it and have no harvest about it. You know, a lot of people I hear say like, oh, the only way, you know, to disciple is to have small groups or that's why we can't be at big churches because, you know, it, there's no growth there. You know, there's no discipling. Let me tell you, if you come every Sunday, you sit here, you listen to the word, you take notes and you do it and during the week, you're being discipled. At least 52 lessons a week. And let me tell you, that's about 80% more than most people even do. Most people don't change a thing in their lives. Statistically speaking. So when you actually take the word and, and meditate on the word and plant it in your heart and put action to it, like you're far ahead of most of the population in the world that don't change anything in their lifetime. So if you actually change something about you once a week, oh my goodness, you'd be like a savage. It's <laughs> my new word. <laughs> so anyways... The seed is telling us, you know, this is how God works. This is how it operates. You know, like, if you need more friends, well, you should sow some friendship. You should be friendly, right? And then you'll reap friends. You know, when I wanted a wife, I didn't sow wives. No. <laughs> you know, but God will give you creative ideas to sow towards that. And so how did I sow you know, towards my wife, I got ready for her, you know, like all of a sudden I had a revelation. I'm like, I'm going to start sewing towards my wife. How do I do that? Well, I'm going to get me ready. And I started getting me ready. I even got my teeth whitened, you know, <laughs> who would have known that my wife was in the dental field, you know, and she was particularly, you know, interested in nice white teeth. <laughs> And she has the most beautiful white smile ever. Like, you know, so I was sewing into things I didn't even know. I'm like, you know, well, I, I guess I kind of, you know, 
I, I should probably start doing some push-ups because, you know. <laughs> so the, the seed principle of God works in, in so many, you know, in, in every area of life. You know, sometimes men wonder why their wife just snapped at them out of nowhere. Let me tell you, it was not out of nowhere. <laughs> Seeds were planted. <laughs> and the woman is a natural nurturer of seeds. They know what to do with seeds. You give them a little bit, they'll give you a lot back. Whatever kind of seed you plant. So it's God's principle, it's God's idea how, how seeds work. And so this is the most exciting um, part of giving is the seed or offering as we know it, okay? Uh, it's the surest way to stop poverty in your life, sowing. I've never met anybody who says, I just want to be poor my whole life. And I want my kids to be poor and their kids to be poor. I've never met somebody like that. But yet religion somehow gets this weird mentality in that, oh, that's not good to have too much. I've seen many people ruined by it. And they haven't been ruined by money. They were ruined by what was already on, in their heart. Which is why it's important you come to events like this and see what's in your heart so that you don't sabotage yourself or find wealth and then, you know, get destroyed. We've seen people go through that too, you know. And so uh, the seed, the offering, okay, it starts at 11% because the first 10 is God, right? Right, so you give God ten percent. So anything above ten percent that you sow is is an offering. It's a seed that you're sowing. Okay, um, and then we talked about the importance of the motivation of our heart because it's the motivation of our heart that determines the type of giving and the quality of our giving. Okay, we'll get into scripture in a few minutes about that, but it is it is our heart that determines that. So I, I said this because um, last week we talked about the alms. So if you give out of compulsion, necessity, emotion, need, and that's your motivation, then you're giving alms. That's why most people give alms to the church, because sometimes the church leaders sadly have not done a good job at leading people the right way, and they've told them, we need to pay the bills, please help us, or we're going to have to close the doors. And that's sad, because then people give out of necessity, and, I, and it's not a seed, now you're just giving alms. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, okay? So, um, if we give for the wrong motives, we will change the type of giving. Why? Because it, it all happens in our heart, okay? Uh, Genesis 8, 22 talks about seed time harvest, how we, we live in this, like this never stops. Seed time and harvest, it's a, it's a process, it's a cycle that is always working in our lives, one way or another, whether you like it or not. Seed time harvest, you're always planting, there's always... Uh, the time of nurturing, you know, that is passing, and then there's always harvest time, okay? So if you, if you think about this process and, and you realize how things work, you would never stop sowing. Jesse DePlantis, we were, at, we were at, um, at the minister's conference up in Colorado this week, and Jesse DePlantis says something. He's always says something that is so challenging, right? He goes, I told my wife, try to, try to break me, you know? Like, try to break my bank. He's like, you can't do, you can't break me. Because I have so much seed on the ground, I have harvest coming my way from every direction every day. I was like, oh my gosh. 
And it is so true. When you get a revelation of that, that's why sowing and reaping, a lot of people have used it as like, a, you know, like a, one of those Vegas machines where you put in the, the coin and you're like, what did I get, right? Like I sowed last Sunday. Where's my harvest? You're a liar. It doesn't work. That's not, that's not how it works. You know, sowing and reaping is, is a matter, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You, you're always sowing and you're always going to be gaining harvests. You know, I, I received harvests in my life that I forgot I had sown. You know, like some seeds take a little longer to come out. Some, you know, come quicker. You know, God takes care of your needs. He knows time. He's not ignorant about it. But when the harvest comes, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't know. You might be receiving a harvest today of something you planted years ago. Amen. And so I'm not saying that everything takes years, but it, I'm saying it's a lifestyle. It's not a tit for tat. It's like you're always sowing and you're always reaping. And then you constantly see increase. And that's what happens, that when you look back after the years, you go, wow. Ever since we started sowing as a lifestyle, we've never stopped increasing, regardless of what the economy and the country or the world was doing. It's the surest way to come out of poverty. Thanks, babe. I live by my giving, not by my getting. <laughs> you know, I live by what I give, not by what I receive. Right? A lot of people are always have their eyes fixed on what they're going to receive, you know, what they're going to get. But we need to learn to live by what we give. Because when you give, when you sow an offering, you're, you need to have a vision for it. You need to see it already you know, the field. Like if you're a farmer and you have this field and you put all the seeds in, your imagination will automatically show you that field full and ready, right? That's what it's going to look like. So when we give, it's important that we have vision and that we know this is not the end, but it's the beginning. What am I talking about? It says in, um, this is an extra note that I wrote down this morning. It says in, where are you? Where did you go? Okay, let's let's go to Second Corinthians chapter eight. Okay, we're gonna go through that, and let me find this. I lost it. I lost it. Okay. I can't read my handwriting. I should go back to typing. <laughs> Apple pencils seems like a little easy, but you lose things. Okay, we'll we'll find it later. Okay, but it talks about Unless a seed dies, it can't produce anything, right? Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it won't produce anything. And so, in order to not lose the point I was making, okay, when we give, that seed is dying. Because one of the meanings of dying is separation. Follow me. One of the meanings of dying is actually separation, 
You know, when God said in the garden, you know, the day you eat of this fruit, you'll surely die. That word means you'll be separated. You know, there'll be a separation. Now, we're not going to get into what kind of separation and what was separated on the planet like that. But in, in essence, death, you know, we said also, is not just when your body gives up. It's when the spirit leaves the body, when there's a separation, okay? So I, I lost it because it's somewhere scribbled in here, okay? Thank you, John 12, 24, okay? It says, unless the seed goes in the ground and dies, you know, it, it doesn't produce anything. So therefore, what's happening when you give is not the end of it, right? When you put a seed in the ground is not the end of it. And a lot of people see that as the end. They go, oh, okay. <laughs> Goodbye, hard-earned hard, hard money, you know? And they give it, and, and they see it as the end. So they have no vision for a harvest. They have no vision for what could come out of that. But it's not the end, it's the beginning. It's the beginning of a cycle that is spiritual, that is activated by something physical, visible that you do. Okay? When you give, when you are separated from that hard-earned money, okay, whatever is above 10%, that separation, that's the seed dying, but it's not the end, it's the beginning. When you come and you put it in the red bucket or you do it electronically and it leaves your account, it's not the end, it's the beginning of a spiritual invisible cycle that is going to produce a visible physical harvest back into you. That's how we interact with the kingdom of heaven. That's how we bring the promises of God into our life. It's by doing physical actions because of our belief in the word of God that start an invisible spiritual cycle that will come back and produce a vis visible physical harvest. That's why we do confessions. Because these declarations help you see what everything that is producing in the invisible, everything that you're kick-starting by making that seed die. Right? That's why it's not just all about me. What are, some of these confessions talk about nations, right? And talk about uh, the gospel being spread throughout the whole world. And they talk about our, our economy in the city and in the state growing and the opportunities, right? And it talks about having an a, um, uh, inheritance for our children's children, right? Listen, when you're sowing, you, it's not just for you. You're setting up harvest fields for your children's children. I'd be more excited than that, but whatever. Just kidding. Okay, so let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Okay. Ooh, I see the clock ticking. We're going to do this. Okay, so why does this apply to money? Because it's a seed principle. Okay, it's a seed principle, and the Bible translates Bible. So 30, 60, and 100 fold apply to finances because it's also forms of what? Seed. Okay? Um, oh, there it is. Okay. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. It says, You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became what? Poor, so that by his poverty he could make you? He could make you what? Oh. You guys getting used to saying that very uncomfortable word that for many religious people is hard to say, right? Tell the person next to you, Jesus died so you could be rich. 
Now, obviously, not only that, right? But it clearly states one of the reasons why he died. Why? Because he did not want you to be poor. Because poverty is a curse. Because if you're poor and you can't even help yourself, you can't help anybody else. You can't spread the gospel. You can't build the kingdom. You, there's like, well, but I can serve. Yes, you can serve. And that is awesome. We need people to serve. But still, God doesn't want you poor. So his generous grace, right? Uh, let's go to verse uh, 11. says, now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Say with me, proportion. Okay, he's talking about percentages. I, I mentioned this briefly last week. You know, it's about percentages. You can't compare yourself to the person next to you because it's about percentages. Jesus was amazed. One of the few places in the Bible he was amazed. He was amazed at the widow because she gave it all. She's like, that's 100%. It's everything. This woman, she believes, right? She knows who her provider is, right? It's about a percentage. And so... Yours is going to be different than everybody else. You don't compare yourself. You just see your own track record. You know, where was I 10 years ago? Where am I now? You know, uh, it, you're increasing with God. It's your own journey with God. It says, um, in proportion to what you have, not what you don't have. Don't give somebody else's money. Don't give your wife's money. Don't give your kids' money. Don't give... Your kids' food money, give, what, give what's yours. You with me? Yeah. Don't give credit card money. That's not yours. God doesn't want you to borrow, you know, or go mortgage your house so that you can give for the building fund. Believe it or not, we've heard horror stories. That's not okay. Give what's yours give in proportion to what you have. Uh, verse 12, okay, it says, Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give it accordingly to what you have, not what you don't have. Okay. Um, let's do... Do we have an amplified version of that one? No. Yes? No? Okay. Um, all right. Let's go to chapter 9 and then let's go to verse 6 okay and we're going to we're going to go from verse 6 all the way down through like 11 okay are you taking notes okay all right so uh second corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 it says remember this a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop okay very simple example you sow a little, you reap a little. You sow a lot, you reap a lot, okay? So the word uh, sparingly means restricted, infrequent, and in small quantities. So if you sow restricted, infrequent, and in small quantities, you're going to reap restricted, infrequent, and in small quantities. If you sow bountiful, that means generous, blessing upon blessing, that's how you're going to reap according to what you do, what you give, okay? And so it is a harvest, so it is going to produce more. So I was just, for, for sake of an example, a simple example I was looking at, you know, an, a normal apple tree produces about 200 apples, you know, very conservatively speaking, okay? Each apple has about five seeds, okay? So that's a 1,000 seeds. Now, each of those seeds could be a tree, 
right? So that could be a thousand trees. And if you plant a thousand trees, then you would have about 200,000 apples, and that would give you about a million seeds. Now, that's just like two generations, like right there, you know? That's multiplication. Like, how many of you think, like, that's a lot? Like, we don't need that many apples, right? No, I don't need that much money. So, so multiplication can happen really quickly, okay? But you can also sow little, right? You have still 200 apples, one tree, five, five seeds per apple, and then that's 1,000 seeds, but you only plant five because you had to spend the rest of the seeds on the newest iPhone because you had to have it. You, you didn't want to wait to have a harvest and then out of your abundance get the new iPhone. So you're just like, oh, here we go. And you, you traded your seeds and every, you know, and you ate the rest. And, and so, you know, you still have a thousand apples, you know, 5,000 seeds and, and you can, but, it, but see where the power of this lies is in your choice of how much you sell. Right? You're the one that's been given seed. You're the one that's been given a job, you know, and you're the one that decides how to manage that and what are you going to give? What are you going to sow? How much are you going to eat? How much are you going to spend? We'll, we'll spend a whole Sunday talking about uh, stewardship, but, but, um, but you're the one that decides that, right? You're the one that, you know, there's this really cool thing I read uh, in a book somebody gave me, and, and it's, it, it talks about the meaning of meekness. And one of the meanings of meekness is to restrain oneself to withhold, restrain from all it was. And Jesus was meek. If you think about it, Jesus was meek. He withheld all his power and deity and, and, and who he was, right, to just the form of, of a human, of a man, right? He was meek. He had a lot more power, but he willingly said, I'm going to restrain myself to just a man, a normal man, so that I can identify with you and do all this, Okay. And so meekness, financially, you know, it's spending less than you make. And the Bible says, blessed are the meek, <laughs> right? There's a blessing in meekness in restraining yourself from spending 100% or more than 100%, thanks to credit cards, of what you actually make. Because what you make, your job, what you have is not a limitant for God, instead is a source of seed for you to manage so that you can believe in God's principles and grow according to the God's principles, not according to your job, your boss, the, uh, the industry you work in. I'm telling you, when I discovered this, I was the happiest man in the world. I'm like, thank God, I don't have to go back to school. Hey, some people love school. Some people, God called them to go to school and, and have doctors and degrees and all that stuff. Like, we need all of you. But I just, that wasn't me. Like, I was called to the mission field, and that's where I went, right? But in the back of my mind, it was always like, am I going to be a poor missionary? Am I going to be a poor missionary? And when I discovered this, I'm like, I don't have to be a poor missionary because it doesn't depend on what I receive, but I live by what I give. So the quicker I get this thing in my life going, the sooner I'll be set up for my family, for my kids, for my children's children, because I will have a lot of fields with a lot of seed. 
uh, verse 7. Verse 7 says, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Where do you need to decide this? In your heart. Not Sunday morning, you know, at 9.30 when somebody's up there, you know, talking about it. You know, let me tell you something. You know, many people don't think they hear God's voice. How many of you, you know, I don't know, don't raise your hand. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are like, I, you know, I have a hard time hearing God's voice. Let me, let me give you a question you could ask God, and you'll see how you actually can hear his voice very clearly. Ask God, God, how much you want me to give next week? <laughs> so I'm like, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, you're going to hear God's voice. You're going to be like, oh, no, that's the devil. <laughs> no, the devil would never tell you to so extravagantly or to give generously or to give more than is comfortable. <laughs> Just ask God, God, how much do you want me to give above my tithe? You know, right? But anyways, what it's telling us here is you must decide in your heart, like, before, like, pray. Say, God, this is where I'm at. This is where my faith is at. I want to grow, but this is what I'm purposing in my heart because it says, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. pressure. Why? Because then it, it becomes something else. It's telling you this is how you sow. This is how you give seeds, not how you give alms. If you're giving in response to pressure, your heart is changing the motive of it and it's changing the type of seed or the type of giving that you're, that you're about to give. It says, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. You know, how do you give? Like, fine, you know. Or, or is it like one of the most exciting times where you, you bring it, you know, you're, you're, you're worshiping God with it. You're like, God, I'm so excited. You're so good. Like, I can't even you know, begin to think what's going to happen when I release this seed and the things they're going to do are amazing. Thank you, God, for setting up a system where I'm taking care of abundantly regardless of what the world is doing or, or my uh, school degree or my job or my boss. Thank you, God. Like, which one is it? Amen? For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So first decide in your heart, okay? That's what God's looking at. Not by pressure, compulsion, emotion, or by religious duty, right? Some people give by religious duty. We know, you know, there's that religion where they check them, you know, they, they check how much they make. They, they, have a, they have an Excel spreadsheet about it, you know? Like, no, God's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm looking at your heart. Don't give out of religious duty. You ruin everything if you give out of religious duty. Don't give if you're going to give out of religious duty. Don't. Have a heart change first. Then give, because otherwise you're not going to see what God's promising. So God loves a cheerful giver. Um, we talked about Cain and Abel in Genesis 4, 3, uh, and that's the big difference. It was their heart, right? Cain gave some, and Abel gave the first and the best, right? The first and the best. So it's a heart thing, okay? Um, when you don't first decide or you give out of pressure, it's how you sabotage your giving. And that's why there's so many people that give reluctantly out of pressure or emotion or out of pity, and they don't see 30, 60, and 100 fold. Because the motivation of your heart will determine the quality of your seed. Okay? Uh, verse 8. Okay? Verse 8 says, 
And God will provide, okay, or it says in many, many of the versions, as a consequence of, God is able, and that word able is talking about, it comes from the word dunamis, okay, is able, he has the ability, the power to provide all you need, and then you will always have everything, okay, he's capable, powerful, and mighty, okay, remember Deuteronomy 8.18 says, remember it is the Lord your God who gives you the power, again, power, to produce wealth, to create wealth, why would God give us that power if he didn't want us to produce wealth? It's his will, right? That was one of the first things we established at the beginning of this series. Is like, it is God's will for us all to be wealthy. And yet some people still believe, no, it's just some. And like Nick says, you're right. <laughs> okay, uh, and then it says, to make all grace, okay, which is all favor and earthly blessing, abound, abound, superabound, exceed, more than enough, over and above, okay, Everything you need and plenty left over to what? What's the purpose of having abundantly above and beyond all we need? Share with others. To be an example of sowing, to be an example of generosity, to be an example of giving. To teach others, to teach those that maybe right now are picking up the leftovers in the corner of the field. To teach them, hey, listen, this is how you prosper and you come out of poverty. This is how you do it, right? Because when you give someone, when you share with others, guess what? All of a sudden, you, you earn a voice in their lives. You didn't hear that. When you give to other people, I'm not telling you this as a, in a manipulative way. But when you give to somebody, you also earn a voice into their lives. A, a level of influence to say, hey, look. God loves you so much. Just like when you pray for someone and they get healed, all of a sudden they want to hear, what is this all about? What is Jesus all about? You with me? Okay. The gift opens the door. The Proverbs says, so, so, uh, and that, and it says, so that you have all sufficiency. In other words, so that you're content in all things, okay, and may abound to every good work, right? Uh, I talked many times about being a river and not a dam. If God can get it through you, he'll get it to you. You know? And maybe you were just a little tiny river, you know? But then, because God knows, he, he can get it through you. You won't, you, won't, you won't close off. You won't hoard. So then, you know, he gets more to you, more to you, more to you. Because he can trust you. That you're not going to get greedy. You're not going to love money. And you're not going to do this all of a sudden. Okay. And let's finish off uh, verse 10. Here's what happens. God provides, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer. So what do you need to become? A farmer. A good farmer, right? And then he also gives you bread to eat, right? So he knows you have to eat. He's not telling you to sow everything. Like, no, no, he, he gives you for everything that you need. And he's, he provides seed for the farmer, bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of what? Generosity in you, okay? So he gives seed to the sower. Many times I wanted to sow a seed and I didn't have enough. So guess what? I say, God, you give seed to the sower. I'm believing for this to sow that. I remember a time we, uh, um, many years ago, we wanted to go on a vacation. We didn't have enough. We have a big family, you know. We didn't have enough uh, to go on vacation. And, and then this other family, smaller family, like a normal-sized one, you know, they're like... <laughs> 
they wanted to go on, on a vacation, you know, and my wife's like, hey, let's sow a seed into their vacation because we can afford their vacation. <laughs> and so we sowed the vacation into the lives, and guess what? We reaped the vacation for all of us. And to this day, we have amazing vacations. My wife finds amazing deals and opportunities. We've been to places we didn't think we'd go for a long time. And, and, and it's amazing. Why? Because it's a lifestyle of sowing, right? And so if it doesn't make the need, make it seed. <laughs> and it's not a form of, you know, trying to, you know, tell you to give everything. I'm just saying, like, you know, how, if you don't like what, you, what you're reaping or how much you're reaping, then you need to change the sowing. Oh, thanks, Ashley. I'm glad you're here today. <laughs> okay, and we're going to be done because that says zero, 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 zero. Okay, so it says, uh, verse 11 says, yes, you will be enriched in every way. Say it with me, every way. Verse 11, verse 11. There we go. So that you can always be, what? Generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will also thank God. When you are generous, people also, you know, turn to God and praise Him. So you are causing praise and worship to God. We are blessed to be a blessing, enriched to be always generous. So we'll continue next week, okay? We have a couple more of, of these, and, and we'll talk about a couple of different subjects. But that's the power of the seed. That's the power of seed. So you just... Ask the Lord, and then you purpose in your heart, you know, God, maybe you've been given a certain percentage for, you know, a decade. Maybe it's time to increase, you know, the seed that you're sowing. You know, so obviously, you know, <laughs> where you eat is a good place to sow, right? This, this, this church is a good ground to sow. So where are you sowing, you know? And we also sow where, where God tells us to sow, you know? So, like, we partner with Ashley and Carly's ministry, you know, Terrida's Ministries, who is influencing thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people every week, Right? So it's good ground. You know, so I encourage you, if you, uh, if you need more places to sow into, you know, sow into their ministry, become a partner, a monthly partner. But uh, what, what we do is we, God gives us good places to sow into. Right? And he, he will give you seed when you want to sow more. Right? And so many times when, when we don't have it and you just have the desire, you know, God, God will give it to you to see if he can get it through you. And then when you receive it, it's up to you to say, okay, well, I meant the next one, God. This one, I'm going to spend it. No, no, no. Are you going to give it? Because then it's, he's, it's what he's giving you. He's giving you seed. So your job, your, your income, that's seed. It's not to make you rich, rich and to pull you out of poverty. No, it's to give you seed, whether it's a lot or a little. It's to give you seed so that you can operate in the principles of the kingdom of heaven and really experience blessing without sorrow. Amen? Amen? Close your eyes. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you, Father, for uh, seeds that produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. I thank you, God, for harvests multiplied, reproduced in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that all truth, all truth is, is planted in our heart, that it uh, challenges us and moves us to action, to change, to do something different. And I thank you, God, that you are faithful and you are able to produce a harvest in our lives, God. Thank you for your promises. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.